welcome to another episode of Small Talk Normal. I'm Alex, and today I've got with me Kuba the Magala, digital marketing expert. Hello, Kuba. Hello, thank you for having me. No, thanks for being on the show. So, just to kick it off, would you like to just tell us a bit more about you, who Kuba is, and what your experience is? Yeah, hi, I'm Kuba. Um... I do social media marketing and digital marketing in general. Um, mm-hmm. I've worked for quite a few companies in the past. I've started my career at top management. I was a uh, digital intern. So I've learned um, everything from social media to marketing and the branding mm-hmm. and, and um, how to work with, with high-profile artists and, and new up-and-coming artists. Then I've been um, approached by Metropolis Studio, uh, where I've joined as a digital marketing manager and then kind of mm-hmm. picked up from there my position has changed i focus much more on marketing and acquisition and basically expanding business into different markets um, across europe um, and asia mainly uh, and right now i'm um, i'm running a boutique agency where i help artists and, and management companies and and brands in general you know create noise on um mm. online mainly Okay, that sounds amazing. So, uh, Kuba, just for you to know, every single interview, we start it with a quick game. There's short questions with short answers, and it's just for everyone that's listening to get to know you a little bit better and know what Kuba is about. So, are you ready for the game? Yes, let's do it. Cool. So, quick questions with quick answers. It starts with, what's your favorite song? My favorite song, it must be Emery, One Thing. Amazing. And tell us someone that inspires you. Oh, it's definitely Scooter Brown, one of the most powerful uh, music managers, philanthropists and uh, entrepreneurs right now, in my opinion. Okay, interesting. A lot of controversy with Scooter Brown, to be honest, but very, very interesting. And tell us someone who scares you. Oh, who scares me? That's actually a really good question. I think all of the all of the leaders across different countries who are kind of like out of control and and try to not follow the rules, you know, set up by by other people and and um, yeah, that's it. I think it's quite a few of them these days. Um, <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, now, tell us about your professional past. What's the worst job you've ever had? Well, I'm a type of person, um, I'm never trying to get too fixated about like jobs I, I like or I don't like. Um, mm-hmm. I think when, when, when it comes to jobs, I think one of my first jobs was um, I was a kitchen porter in Wagamama and I didn't really enjoy the, the, the whole dynamic of this job um, and how people were kind of perceiving me doing this job. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it was a very humbling experience, I think. And um, yeah. Yeah, um, I feel you there. I had one of them jobs once. Um, now, fuck, Murray kill, Trump, put in Boris Johnson. Oh, wow. That's a, <laughs> that's a very tricky one. Uh, Trump, Putin and Johnson. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so let's, again... Okay, so I'm just going to do Trump, kill. But I, I'm not go- I, I don't want to fuck any of them. Why? <laughs> like on the list, someone at least like more presentable than all of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
probably the most difficult question you've been asked. Ever, yes. Never, ever. Yeah. This question before. Okay, so we have Putin, Trump and Johnson. I think I would kill Putin, marry Trump, only from the business, you know, perspective. I think I could learn so much from him. And, okay. and who would I fuck Johnson? <laughs> I probably wouldn't do it, but let's say in theory, this is my selection. Cool. And final question. What's the best thing about working in digital marketing? What I love about digital marketing, every project is different. And from my perspective, you know, marketing involves a lot of psychology, you know, into understanding mm. audiences, into understanding what resonates to certain type of people. And that's why every single campaign is different because we're all different. Mm. And we always need to create a different pools of people we, f we think might resonate to their offer. We're trying to sell them pretty much. So this leads us a bit into your specialism and the main part of this chat which is how things are changing and things are evolving. So let's start with the music business and how your experience has been. So what do you think um, has been the biggest impact of COVID within the music business? I think the COVID had um, a very big impact on so many different industries. Obviously, some industries are doing really well during these uncertain times, but there's more industries who are actually not doing that well anymore. I think when it comes to music business, the biggest impact was obviously on the live. And this is one of the biggest, you know, money streams for, for many companies and artists. Therefore, I think um, this is something um, they really need to reconsider when it comes to their business models, how to kind of, you know, find alternative, you know, uh, streams of revenue for at least another year and probably even longer. Because we're going to see this recession coming up um, when it comes to so many different things within the music industry, I think. Okay, and um, did um, this whole situation affect your work? How your particular, particularly the work that you're doing for your clients, how did that affect your work? And what do you do to kind of mitigate the effects of lockdown? Yeah, definitely. It has an impact, especially on my biggest client, Metropolis Studios. They had to kind of stop, you know, operating the studio sessions and recording sessions. And then we had to kind of decide on the alternatives, how we're going to survive this time. So we put all of our resources behind our digital product, which is online mastering. We are one of okay. the best mastering houses in the world. So we made it extremely, you know, accessible to people around the world as um, some of our in engineers, they were still like doing the mastering session, the unattended ones, you know, in a complete self-isolation, uh, you know, just taking, yeah. uh, you know, cups to go to work, not using public transport. So I think there was the stream of the revenue, which we kind of managed to maintain and even grow. We put more money behind mm -hmm. the promotions and, you know, raising awareness about, you know, mastering in the way that we can still deliver this product remotely. Yeah even though we're not doing any more attended sessions where artists have an opportunity to come in, into the studio, have a conversation with the engineer um, and pretty much work with the engineer on the truck. Okay. And um, what sort of thing do you do to kind of make sure that that stream of revenue kept growing? Like how do you attract people onto saying, Hey guys, we're still doing mastering. So keep sending your tracks. We can do it remotely. Uh, you know, what sort of thing do you do to kind of, expand on that service to make sure that Metropolis was still generating revenue. Yeah, we definitely allocated more money behind marketing just to reach more people and raise awareness and try to get these people to start working with us. I think that was the, the key thing we decided to do when it comes to, um, to this project in particular.
Okay. Um, I did see that you guys added a new mastering engineer. It's a female engineer. I don't remember her name. Uh, was this part of uh, the, you know, a growth in, in requests for mastering services or what was that? Well, uh, the female engineer uh, was kind of appointed to um, work on the recording part of the business. When it comes to mastering, mm-hmm. last year we appointed one of the biggest mastering engineers in this country. His name is Matt Colton. Amazing, amazing expert when it comes to mastering. Um, so, yeah, the female engineer was on a recording part of the business. And I think she was the first yeah. female engineer Metropolis has ever had. And, and yeah, that's Amanda, what I Amanda, yeah. Amanda is amazing. She's one of those engineers definitely to watch mm. really interesting and um is there any any particular strategy that you used to advertise those mastering services is there anything new that you did uh, or do you just simply apply more budget into the existing advertising that was going on uh, did you do any sort of uh, direct reach out to previous labels how how do you kind of expand on that was there anything new that you did or was there any innovation within the advertising or did you just simply you know bulk up that um the main thing we did we kind of create a new offering for new customers so we offered a pretty bad discount to people to 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 um to get them uh master with us um one of the biggest competitors we have right now um, is a company called Lambda or eMaster. They are AI type of services where you pay yeah. a flat fee, you upload your track and some sort of like artificial intelligence in making your mastering. Um, however, mm. it definitely has its pros and cons, but um, I'm a strong believer that only human being or engineer is able to give your track, you know, the real touch and what you really mm-hmm. need to to get the best sound out of you. You can't really trust any. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, robots to do it for you, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, this is the main thing we did. We, we, we approach a lot of new customers who might tend to use Lambda just to show them what is the difference between, you know, going for a real engineer, uh, multiple Grammy award winner, uh, rather than um, with the system, which basically does. Yeah. So do you do any sort of compare type of thing do you offer any content saying you know this track was mastered by ai technology this one was mastered by a grammy award within a master engineer and then test the difference do you do that sort of content we don't do this sort of con- content but um there are another companies another you know music publications who kind of do this sort of test just to show you know the full yeah. offering comes to mastering so they basically mm. book a job with different you know mastering houses and different services like lambda and then they have yeah. specialists who analyzes you know the quality of the master the sound you know the price range and all mm. this sort of stuff and and um there's quite a few companies who did this sort of test before and we won most of them. So I think it speaks for itself. Well so right now it's more like, you know, enhancing this and making people go and read and do a lot of research before they actually decide where to go, what the pros and cons on mm. uh, every single option they do have available right now, pretty much. Cool. Okay, no, that sounds really good. And um, just following from this, do you, do you see any new opportunities for companies like metropolis or rec labels or music companies in general do you see any new opportunities or do you think that for example anyone that is uh, offering a service and then there's an ai application that can do a similar job that will be more of a threat and then 
talented and skilled professionals will start losing business? Or what do you think will be the development after lockdown? Do you think there's any new opportunities for, for music companies? I strongly believe, you know, this this lockdown situation has created a lot of opportunities, especially within, you know, music production and music uh, creating in general. There is 40,000 mm. tracks being released every day on Spotify. So it seems like there's a lot of people and this number is just like adding up and building up, you know, every week, every mm -hmm. month, Spotify basically, you know, uh, says that there is more and more people releasing music. So I think when it comes to the opportunities, mm -hmm. there is more people. And um, when it comes to brands like Metropolis, who doesn't want to be associated with such a powerful and a big music brand, you know, where mm -hmm. there was yep. hundreds if not thousands of songs and albums, you know, winning multiple, you know, international awards from Grammy to uh, Brit music and, and all of that. So um, I think there is a big opportunity to to expand that way. Okay, fair enough. So um, I think that that experience is um, it's really interesting. I, I really hope that everyone that's listening is kind of seeing that the fact that it's been now a challenging time there's still the opportunity for anyone that is doing something similar to what Cuba's doing, what I am doing, is the fact that digital is something that's going to be very, very relevant. And if you want to keep bringing in the new customers and still retain the customers that you already had, you need to kind of focus on the fact that most of them will have already got used to using digital mediums to purchase from different brands. So it's about digital is going to be your your go-to if you want to kind of survive. Yeah, absolutely. I think during the lockdown, there was a lot of people who are making music part-time, I would say. They still have enough full-time yeah. jobs and they struggle to find enough time to focus on their music. Um, and I think right now they had a lot of time to really crack on this and and, yeah. and produce new tracks and do much more than they usually do. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, you know, digital and, and, and the lockdown in general has made people spend more time on, on the things they, they don't tend to do that much. Yeah. Simply because of their capacity or hectic lifestyle or having a full-time job and all of this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, Kuba, just to wrap up our chat, could you give your top three tips for any digital marketer? Oh, three tips. Uh, yeah, I can, I can definitely cover a few of them. Um, I think the number one tip is um, focus more on data. Okay. I still see a lot of people running companies, not really understanding who they're talking to and what they're trying to communicate. I think the research is key for any sort of marketing. Uh, messaging is really important and the right timing and the right platforms. As I, as I mentioned to you before, before this chat, um, there's a lot mm. of people who do marketing and um, it's all about the way how to optimize a campaign and how to understand the day performance, you know, picking up the best audiences, the best, you know, offering the best messaging. I think this is the key. As I mentioned to you before, you can spend thousand pounds and get hundred thousand views, you know, on YouTube when you run a paid, you know, in-stream campaign, or you can spend a thousand pounds and get 500,000 views if you understand how to optimize it. And uh, if you know how to, you know, um, investigate the best audiences for for your project or for your offering so my number one tip is definitely you know working more with data and analytics there's so many different tools available right now to really understand you know your audiences mm -hmm. or understand the audiences of the artists you sound similar to so we can go into this direction look into you know spotify you know um analytics uh you know 
artists, you know, your fans are also listening to. You can look into, you know, Facebook audience insight and try to understand, you know, what other brands they're following, what type of music they're into, what type of like TV channels or even like if they like Nike or Adidas more. And then based on this, all of these findings, you can create and mold like perfect like persona, mm. uh, which might resonate the most to your um, to your music. And, and yeah, that's it pretty much, I think. Well, thank you so much, Kuba, for joining me today. And thank you, everyone, for joining us again for another episode of Small Talk No More. I'm Alex, and see you next week.